7.15 on a Monday. So I did pay a tribute to my friend, my LinkedIn contact, who again, <laughs> the worst birthday ever. And I want to really reflect on that for a second. You say to yourself, what went through your mind? What went through your mind when you were thinking, hey, nobody cares about me? Because at the time that I was going through that, my emotions were wreaking havoc on me. You know, you say to yourself, let's talk about birthdays. What is a birthday? Well, the birthday is the day that you were born. So we celebrate each year. But for 2020, for me, it actually started pre. With my mother, back in 2016, and I had just turned 46. And this was two months before she passed. I felt guilty celebrating my birthday, but she was in so much pain. You imagine watching that, watching someone you love go through pain, but I think she tried so hard not to show that she was in pain. That's what she did. She tried hard to show because again, she didn't want to ruin my birthday, but I couldn't celebrate my birthday knowing that she was suffering. I saw her at her weakest moments and it broke my heart. And I thought to myself, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to her? Does she have to suffer like that? It's not fair. So she, that I didn't know at the time, gave me a birthday card. And she put her last check in there. And um, I felt guilty. I said, why? Why am I, why am I doing this now? When I think back to that time, I couldn't enjoy myself. And I saw her suffering. You know, when you love someone so much and you see them go through that type of pain, it's like everything was put on hold. But she, she wanted to make my birthday special. So she tried not, not to show the pain that she was in. And I said, Mom, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. It's okay. And then after she passed, I had a hard time celebrating birthdays. I just, they were not the same without her. Again, I'm going to make this clear. And until you understand what it's like, what it's like to lose a parent, you lose your sense of identity temporarily because you say to yourself, I had parents. I don't have parents anymore. So in other words, you were someone's daughter. You were someone's son. They're no more. They don't exist, which is a scary thing. And you're like, wow, I don't have parents anymore. I always walk around this empty house. Sometimes I have dreams of seeing both of my parents, wishing they were here, 
wishing both of them were here, that they never got sick, that they were always going to be around with, for me, that we, all three of us at one point, and I used to think this when I was a little girl, that all three of us, me and them, because I used to joke around with my mom and dad, I said, hey, if I, if I could become a medical doctor, I could be your own personal physician, I can take care of the both of you, and you would be in good health all the time, because you have me, your daughter, the doctor. I used to dream about being a metal, medical doctor back in the day. Of course, though, going to those years of medical school, I said, oh my God, by the time I get out, I'll be in my 30s, and I always thought that the 30s were the old, like really, really, really old, and it doesn't really matter with age, though, because again, age is a number. So there is no significance with that. But anyway, um, I walk around this house and it's empty. It's very lonely, very sad. I climbed the walls in this house because at one point growing up, I had, we had our, our family get-togethers, the celebrations, and now it's like quiet. And the silence is killing me. It's very deafening. But to think that, you know, I always thought that my parents would be around for a long time. I never thought my father would go first and at a very young age. And then my mother outlived him, but then I thought she would be around at least for a long, long time after that. And she got sick very quickly. She broke her hip three years before. That complicated things, I think. I think that if she wouldn't broken her hip, then she wouldn't have been so sick. She would have had just her normal aches and pains, but, you know, I miss her. And then I think of the birthdays. I stopped celebrating after she passed because they had no meaning for me. I look at other people's birthdays and they see how elaborate their birthdays are. And a part of me wants a little bit of that. Yes, a little bit. You know, I'm sometimes a little envious of how people's birthdays, you know, they make the big, like if you go into another part of the world, birthdays are a big deal. You know, the, the cake and the, and, the, and the gifts and surprise and the, the banners and the balloons. Everybody goes all out on birthdays, but you come here in America, it's pretty boring. That's just my opinion. Because I don't remember ever when I was a little girl, ever been invited to a birthday party. I never had a birthday party. I had just close family, maybe a couple of the neighbors. That's it. No other kids. And again, I wasn't invited for some strange reason. I can't figure out why. You know, maybe I wasn't well-liked. You know, you think to yourself, do you ever remember having a really good birthday? And I'm like, the only birthdays I remember were with my parents, both my parents. But then when my father passed, it was rough. I remember my father, two months before, because he was still going through cancer and he was going through one of the chemo rounds, the chemotherapy. And I remember he um, he said, oh, let's, let's go down, because I just turned 21, let's go down to Atlantic City because now you're of legal age and you can go and play the slot machines. I felt bad because I saw how, how much pain it was, but he always put everyone else in before him. He didn't even think about him and his illness. That's the type of person... That's the type of man my father was. He cared about everybody else, but not him. Like his own health really didn't matter. He cared about everybody else. And I'm like, but dad, he goes, no, I'm not going to ruin my, my, my daughter's birthday now. So we went. We didn't stay very long because I knew how tired he was. It was a two-hour trip. And being in the car for that long, that was very tiring. But 
he wanted to make my birthday special and he did that I just felt guilty because he was in so much pain I mean sometimes you think well you got to make all these sacrifices for whatever reason and I didn't want to do that I didn't want that it just bothered me so much um, but we got through it but it took a long time for me after that to figure out and I said to myself last year was the worst for me out of every birthday last year was the worst I don't understand why I thought I could remove myself from this world I mean I think about the people that had that same birthday and went on LinkedIn and everybody had all these well wishes all these people happy birthday I looked at all the comments I'm like now if I put up my birthday if I announced it I don't think I would have gotten a happy birthday from anybody that's how I feel and I think to myself, but why would you feel that way? Because that's how I feel. I feel like it didn't matter. I'm not anybody special. I'm nobody important. Who am I? But then when my friend stepped in, he goes, you're a woman who survived cancer. You're someone who survived life. I still don't understand why you would take or try to take your own life on your birthday. Because nobody knew if they knew it was my birthday, they didn't acknowledge it. I spent it alone. I was miserable. My feelings took over. You know, when your feelings take over, sometimes it's hard to get those emotions. And the way I was feeling, I swear to you, I felt like I was literally going to do it. I was trying to find a way. I wouldn't even take a phone call because, again, I didn't want someone to try to convince me to stay. With the way I was feeling, I was like out of my mind, basically. Not saying I was crazy by any means, but I just felt, I don't know, that nobody cared. It didn't matter. I didn't mean anything to anybody. I was alone at that time. Even my own family. And I don't even know if they remembered or if they forgot. I, I didn't get anything and not even a text message, nothing. You would think you would think your own family members would at least remember your birthday. No, not even. So my friend, I put up a podcast, and the way I was feeling, my emotions just took over, and he reached out to me. He texted me, and then we had a phone conversation. And then he kept checking on me all throughout the night. He says, are you sure? I'm, I'm worried that you're going to do something to yourself what happens if I hear that you did succeed? I will never forgive you. That's what he said. I will never, I will never forgive you. You know what's going to happen? You had said to me, you want to help people. And I think that's very commendable. You want to help others go through what you went through. In other words, get through it. Tell me that, you know, not to give up, to fight like you've never fought before. So now you're a true Wonder Woman. I said, if you keep calling me that, I might as well get the cape and the costume I don't consider myself a superhero. I consider myself a survivor of life. Humble. Humble survivor. Humble background. Compassion. I got that from both my parents. They taught me more about life than I ever learned sitting in a classroom. When I was in a classroom, I really didn't learn anything about life. Think about the things that you learn about in life, all the subjects. What subject can you honestly say, yeah, I could apply this in the real world? No. Not one subject in school that I can even think of. Oh, yeah, I use this in the real world. No. Unless, of course, 
you're driven in a profession where you need to have those subjects like math, science, um, you know, whatever. But if you think about it, the way you learn about life is how you experience it. You live it. You go through the obstacles. You go through the struggles. Again, struggles and obstacles, you know what those are? They're strengths. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Again, I don't respect people of privilege because people of privilege never had anything done they never did anything for themselves never they had people doing things for them I said well then how are you going to get through life if you have people do it's like people are babying you they're doing things for you that's not how a grown up is supposed to be if you're going to do something, do it for yourself. Don't have people do it for you. Because for me, I think that's a way of cheating, to be honest with you. I really believe that when you get through life, you have people do things for you. Oh, I know this person. I can get you this. I can get you in this way. Or, or I know of someone who's a contact or whatever. And you think to yourself, why can't you do it for yourself, though? You know, it's like when, say, if you wanted to go out and, um, like, do an audition, let's say. You gotta prove yourself, correct? But you're not gonna have somebody say, oh, can you do this for me? Can you get me in? Because then you think if you have money and you know people and contacts, you're automatically in. But if you don't have any contacts and you don't know anyone, you do it yourself. And that's the real reward. When you do it yourself, that's where you get your rewards. When you struggle, when you make your mistakes, when you fail, you do that. You get through life. And then I think to myself, with all the times that I went through, with the pain that I went through, in, in every, in every part of my life, because again, my life was very chaotic, very troublesome. Uh, I dealt with so much at that age. And I'm still struggling. I mean, not totally out of the woods. Because again, everybody is struggling. Even now, as we speak, with all this competition in the job market, from what this headhunter was telling me, that he was telling me, he goes, it's very rough out there. But I still don't understand why a company won't give me a valid reason as to why I can't be a part of their organization. I cannot take the, the these are the, the excuses that they, they give me just by looking at the resume. You've got too many gaps. You don't have a stable work history. Oh, I think your skills are outdated. Well, I didn't crawl from out under a rock and I'm not from another planet. Everything that I've learned through the years, it's up in my head. I've retained everything that I've learned over the years. I've never forgotten how to do things. Now, if I need a refresher course, then that's fine. So sue me. But when people make those types of excuses, I think to myself, well, now you're just singling out people altogether. You're not giving them a chance. You're not giving them an opportunity to prove themselves. You're singling single them out. In other words, oh, we'll only take the people with the college degrees. Well, college degrees are overrated. I'm sorry. I've known people in the past who have had a college degree, never had that dream job that they were waiting for because they were still looking for it. And then you think to yourself, okay, well, what about, um, you know, education in general? Education, I think that children nowadays are not really learning anything in school. Are you learning about life in school? No. Again, in order for you to experience life, you have to live life, have obstacles and things thrown at you, see what you can do with those obstacles. How are you going to handle them? How are you going to handle a real life situation? Because you're not going to learn that in school. Again, in school, they teach you subjects that I don't think you need in the real world, that you're not going to apply any of the subjects you need in the real world. 
that I went through so much in my lifetime and I think to myself, how many times have I tried to kill myself? Twice, but I stopped myself. Why? Well, number one, I made a promise to my father that I would take care of my mother. And if I broke that promise, he would not have forgiven me. I didn't want to leave my mother alone. How she, well, I know that she would, she would take care of herself because she was always the one that liked being alone. But still, when you get to be a certain age, you need to have somebody with you. And she was always falling down. She always got herself into all these little, like, little fixes. A few times she locked herself out. I mean, think about that. You can't be totally alone and tell me that you could take care of yourself and all of this stuff happens. A few times she's been in the hospital. I mean, and you think to yourself, well, I think to myself, if I had done that, I don't think she would have lived. I think she would have stopped living altogether because her youngest daughter wasn't here. She's the same thing when I was going through cancer. At the time, I was ready to give up. I said, Mom, my quality of life has completely changed. I don't remember being 35 and 36. If I can go back to those two ages and start all over again, I would, minus the disease. But of course, we can't go back in time. I just wish I could be 35 and 36 for a day. Two years of my life wasted battling this disease, but I got a second chance at life, and I wasn't ready to show the world who I was at the time. I wanted to put it behind me, but now I'm ready. It's just when I think back to a year ago on my birthday, what, I, what was I thinking of taking myself out of this world? And you think to yourself, life can't be that terrible for you to take your life. Why would you take your life? What was the reason for that? Say to yourself, why would you want to take your own life? For what? You know, all people nowadays are going through some type of a struggle or an obstacle at this moment. There's no reason for you to give up and say, hey, I'm going to kill myself. Well, what's that going to do? You're going to create problem after problem and you're going to leave behind family. They're going to be wondering what just happened here. They're going to blame themselves for what you did. But the problems that you have will not go away. You're going to create more problems even after you're gone. And you think to yourself, I could do so much in this world, in this lifetime. I can be an inspiration to other people. Tell them my story. Tell them how I survived everything that was thrown at me. But if I take myself out of this world, they're not going to look to me as a role model. They're going to see me as a failure. I'm a weak woman. That's what they're going to tell me. That's what they're going to say to me. And I don't like that idea. That just bothers me. So I say to myself, the best thing that I can do for myself is to continue on. Forge ahead. Forge ahead with life. Give it a shot. You never know what you can do in life. And I want people or someone to discover me. I am not going to be chasing after anybody. Because if I chase after somebody, they're not going to even take a notice of me. No interest in me. I want to be recognized in this world. And they said, you never know. You can be. Down the line, someone may see you on a video or, or someone may, may read you, you know, you may, may do like an interview and they put it in a magazine article. And oh my God, look at this woman. We got to find her. We got to get her on a show. The more times that you get recognized and they see that, the more chances that you will be recognized for everything you've done in your life and all the accomplishments you've made. You will leave behind a legacy that again will continue on even after you're gone. But if you take yourself out of this life now, you're never going to know what you could, you could have become. Think of it in those terms. That's why I say sometimes life can be cruel 
and it can be hard. But that's on you because most of the times you think you're making it hard for yourself. And again, if you put fear into everything, well, again, fear is not a real emotion. It's a state of mind. You make yourself afraid. So it's like saying, I can't do this. So when you say, I can't do this, I can't get through life. Well, it's like saying to me, I won't get through life. Remember, can't equals won't. So if you say to me, I can't do this, it's like saying you won't do this. So again, you got to get out there, be positive, be 100% focused in this world, but be positive. Again, you can't be negative in a positive world. It doesn't work. You have to be positive in a negative world. You have to stay positive. I have to go in there with a positive mindset and think, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to forge on until someone or some company accepts me. See, that's why I don't want rejection. I thought I had a chance with this virtual interview I had two weeks ago, and then they decided, well, they wanted someone who was more qualified, or they wanted someone who had a steady work history. So then they fooled me. They made it sound like, oh, yeah, you'll be perfect for our organization, but nothing. So why even bother, you know? I feel like I have to just give up altogether. Then I should try myself in another interest. So maybe I should go out there. I was thinking, and I'm seriously thinking of doing this, doing these auditions. Getting myself out there, taking pictures of myself, doing these videos, presenting them to somebody. Who knows? You never know. You could be on television. You can do a commercial. You could be an extra in a movie set. I mean, come on. How hard is that? If someone says to me, would you need to go back to school? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. See, this, this, is, this is where you're wrong. School doesn't really teach you anything about life. And if you want to play a part in life, play a part in life. You don't need to go to school to, to know how to act. Right now, when I do these videos, I can see myself as being an actress. Or someone who can be like um, promoting a product. At one point, I want to do a side business. I might still want to do that. Promote a side business and give people a chance to be in this company working alongside of me so we can make a difference and help others. I still have the dream of being a part of an organization with my other LinkedIn contact because he thinks that I have a vision. We share the same vision, which is weird. And we both have similar backgrounds to how we grew up. And he goes, I can see that you have a, a passion for helping others. I said, well, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to join the Peace Corps. <laughs> and I knew someone who did go to the Peace Corps. They said it was a rewarding experience because, yes, you're volunteering, but you're, but you're helping. You're helping children and everybody in between. You know, you think of the people that are living in another part of the world. Their quality of life is just terrible. It's depressing. You know, there's a lot of sickness, famine, poverty illness and I think of okay cancer because that's near and dear to me I went through cancer I survived it but I also lost someone to cancer there's always this yes I understand where you're coming from when I wanted to promote the the bracelets that I'm wearing again these are bracelets I made them into bracelets I took out the key ring and I wear the colors to signify a chapter in my life. It was a constant reminder, but I keep them on me. I figured if I buy these, take out the key ring, and then use these for three groups of people. The first are people who are physically going through the disease. The second are people who've survived the disease, and the third are people who've lost someone to the disease. Because again, you want a remembrance. 
then you think, well, and this could be for any cancer. It's not just breast cancer, it could be all cancer, colon, prostate, lung, stomach, uh, brain, um, skin. It doesn't really matter what type of cancer you're dealing with. Because again, we all have that same connection. When we're in that room getting the treatment, we're there for one reason, to prolong our life, to fight the disease, the demon called cancer. Because if you tell me, I can't do this, it's like saying you won't do this, and you're basically giving up. If you're gonna tell me, I'm determined to die, well, that means that you're giving up. You're letting cancer take over your body. So cancer is making you a hostage. And there is no ransom. Once you turn to that side of death, there is no going back. You can't change your mind and say, well, no, I changed my mind, I wanna live. No, you make the decision to go to the dark side, now you're stuck. Now you gotta live with the consequences and think of it that way. For me, I almost gave up, but my mother said to me, I'm not letting you die. You have no choice. Do you think I'm gonna live in this world without you? No, my quality of life will change. I brought you into this world. When you were born, you were a blessing, a blessing from God. He blessed us with another child. We were surprised. But again, my sister kept convincing me that I was the accident. And I said, Mom, and she goes, no, don't, don't listen to your sister. You were a blessing, a surprise. Me and your, me and, and your father loved you so much. You didn't think we were gonna give up on you? And at one time I thought I would have been a burden to them because yes, they had two children. One more to the mix, that would have been too much for them. They didn't give me away and I thank God for that. I thank them for keeping me because imagine if I would have been raised by another family. I think my life would have been different. I don't know how I would have been raised. But I know one thing, my belief in helping others because the true definition of a human being is giving back. That's the true definition in my book. It's my opinion, you don't have to agree with me. But going back to the birthday, difficult and uh, again he said you have so much to live for don't you want to know what you could become in life what you could accomplish who you can meet in your lifetime who you can inspire people are gonna look up to you when you tell your story and you and I hope to tell it one day again in the form of a, a, an actual video documentary right and also a made-for-TV movie. Hey, you could do the narration. And I said, I could play all the parts too because I have not changed. I still look the same. I still look good for my age. I have those Mediterranean European genes that my parents passed down to me. That's how, you know? But even so, I think when you make a video of your life, instead of doing an audiobook, you want people to see the raw emotion that you're going through. Because again, you're not alone. You, I've dealt with everything. Everything that was thrown at me at a young age, I dealt with it. How? Positive. I didn't let negative, I didn't let anybody around me bring me down. Then of course I didn't have any friends. I was my own friend, my therapist, my coach, my mentor. I had nobody to fall back on. And I resented the fact that, and I could give you one quick example. When my father passed away, because again, 
Me and him had a very close bond, and I believe that fathers and daughters for me are special with the bond that they have. Because again, your your father shapes you, he teaches you right from wrong, he teaches you all, well, your mother too, but your father, is it's a little different with fathers and mothers, it's different, and the relationship is different. We've had that relationship up until the time when I was 21. Again, I denied his death for three years. I didn't believe he was gone. And I used to turn to males. And one female friend, or a worker, co-worker back in the day, just didn't understand my connection with males. And she said to me, why do you hang around males so much? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, you're always around them. What's up with that? Is there a story behind it? And he goes, well, I asked her a question. Before I answered her question, I asked her, let me ask you something. Is your father still alive? She goes, yes, what's that have to do? My father isn't. I lost my father when I was 21, okay? I didn't have him for that period of time. I had him, yeah, growing up and up until the teenage years and early 20s. But the bond that we had broke after he passed from lung cancer. And she goes, well, what does that have to Because again, I didn't have a male presence for a long time. It was just me and my mother in the house. I missed having a male around. So I gravitate toward males, not as a replacement for my father, it was just the fact that I just missed having a male presence. We were just friends. But all the females always assumed, oh, look at her, she's easy. How dare you say that to me? Is that what you think, why I have male friends? For that reason? How dare you? And until you understand what it's like to not have a father, don't talk to me. That's why I didn't like females. Females are bad influences on other females, and that is a fact. That is a known fact. They're envious of everything that you have. They 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 want what you have. It's like, stop already. That's, that's just childish. It's childish. And they try to make you believe, you know, oh, yeah, you're my friend. You can tell me anything. And then they backstab you and betray you. And it's like, no, I'm not interested. With males, I had a better rapport, but I think of the relationship of, with my father and it was cut short by the disease. Cancer ruined him. Now, I don't blame him and I don't blame the disease. I blame the doctors because the doctors, well, let's put it this way. They knew that his cancer was far gone, didn't say anything until it was too late. So there were no other options for him at that time and he lost his life, but he went peacefully. But I still wanted that male presence and not because of what other people think they oh look at her she's hanging around us they got the wrong idea so stop doing that stop that's why i don't like being around females they question everything they're jealous they're this they're this they get you know it's again bad influence so i had a bond with my father and it was broken by the disease and i thought to myself will i ever get through this because again it took me a long time and i still mourn for him all these years I still mourn he's been gone for a long time with my mother too and it was painful for my mother because again I could not celebrate a birthday I didn't look at it as a celebration anymore it was more of constant tears and sadness and crying and so last year was the hardest for me because nobody remembered I was all by myself and it was killing me and I thought I'm not want to go through this again ever because I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. 
I want to have an elaborate birthday, a birthday where people can say, surprise, you know, make it really memorable. Because I can't remember ever a time in my life when I had a really good birthday that I could recall. If I can try to think back, nothing really comes to mind. So, again, I'm grateful that he had saved my life. Because, again, I thinking that if I hadn't reached out to him, I probably would have taken myself out. And I think a lot of people would have been hurt by that. Especially the people that you want to help. To be like, wait a minute. Now we're going to look to her for role model? No, I don't think so. Now she's not a positive role model. She took her life. Why did she do that? But now I have every reason to live because I have somebody special in my life. And... I had said to him many times, I said, I want to have a birthday. Because I saw his birthday. His birthday was very elaborate and this and that. And they were singing to him. And I never had that. I can't remember a time when that ever happened to me. And I thought, well, this is what I want for my next birthday. A surprise. A surprise party. I want it to be festive and memorable. But I also have somebody that I truly care about who loves me unconditionally. I love him with such deep, intense passion. I love him so much that we're thinking about the present, the now, and the future. So I'm grateful that I did not take my life because if I had, I wouldn't have my significant other and we would not have connected. So I have to be grateful that I'm here. So again, life is tough. Life is a struggle. Everyone goes through it, but you know what? That's not a reason to take your own life out of the picture. You can get through everything in life if you stay very positive and very focused. 100% focused. But be positive. Have a positive mindset. Whatever you're going to get through, you're going to get through it. I'm not giving up. The only thing I don't like is the rejection. I just can't take it. It's too much for me. But anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. And I'm going to say this. Stay positive. Stay strong. Stay safe. Stay sane. God bless all of you. Take care.